Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Started the show by talking about four Falcons had tested positive this morning, according to sources. Adam Schefter tweeting that out, that the Falcons were shutting down their facility after multiple positive tests, telling ESPN. Schefter has since updated that to say that there's one person who tested positive, and it's not a player. I don't know if they're still shutting down the facilities. The Falcons have a game with the Vikings coming up this weekend. The big news with college football, LSU in Florida has been postponed. Nick Saban testing positive and will be watching the game somewhere, but not on the sideline for that big showdown with Georgia coming up this weekend. Baseball yesterday, last night, the Dodgers and the Braves, it was all Dodgers. 11 in the first inning, they went at 15-3. to The Astros stay alive. They're down 3-1 to the Rays. No NFL game tonight. You know, for years, I would say, I don't like the Thursday night game. I didn't think it was fair to the players to play a game on Sunday. Then all of a sudden, turn around. Maybe you get a day off. Uh, You have a travel day. You got one and a half days, maybe two days to prepare for your opponent. I got no Thursday night football tonight. Now, all of a sudden, I'm going, where's my Thursday night football? Because this was supposed to be Kansas City against the Buffalo Bills. Poll question today, McLovin, what are we going to go with? Okay, so far, which coach has the most impact on game day? It's college football number one by a large stretch, then NFL, then MLB, then NBA. Which is funny because the NBA coach does the most. He sets the rotation in the game, doesn't he? Yeah, I guess. Uh, do you want to switch up to hour two? Who do people have, the Braves or the Dodgers? I think the Dodgers would go... Run away with that poll. Probably so now. You know, whenever you put up a big number, then we just, we feel like, oh, they figured something out. Well, they figured out the pitcher they were facing, and that's why they put up 11 runs in the first inning. In today's world of overreacting to everything, people seem to have trouble remembering you need four wins to win a seven-game series, and they assume one game tells you everything you need to know. And now, you know, Baseball or any other sport, that's how it works. The Dodgers, they were down 0-2 and uh, seemed, uh, seemed bleak. And they go into game three, and they win it 15-3. to And maybe it's you know possible the pressure was getting to Los Angeles early in the series because it's World Series win or bust. Not just World Series or bust, it's World Series win. And anything short of a title will be a disappointment. Last night, the Dodgers' bats came back to life. More importantly, the pitching staff returned to normal. And you got some uh, great arms that are ready to go here. If you got Kershaw and Walker Bueller back to back, and that's why Vegas has the Dodgers as a slight favorite, even though they're down two games to one. But the Braves, they had momentum, and all of a sudden it happened quick. It was swift. It was like a guillotine there in the first inning. And then Muncie with the grand slam, and you're going, okay, now what am I going to watch? 
I think I, I turned on Entertainment Tonight or uh, Extra with Billy Bush. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to watch. And then I saw that Louisiana was playing the Chanticleers of uh, Coastal Carolina. So I watched. You didn't call it. us? I didn't know I needed to go, hey, uh, Channel 206. ESPN with college football there, but I uh, watched a good portion of that. Here is uh, Dave Roberts, the Dodgers manager, on his team's performance last night. I do think that last night's ninth uh, bled over into tonight. So it was just uh, obviously a fun offensive night for us. Played good defense. And even, you know, when the game was out of hand, we still, I thought, in my opinion, took really good at bats. Julio wasn't sharp early, but for him to get through five innings to save some other arms, I thought was huge. So uh, a good night for us. And the key is you don't want to use your bullpen. You want to try to use as few pitchers as possible. There's no off days. And that's why if I'm the Dodgers, I wanted to have the Braves continue to go into that bullpen. I wanted them using arms because, you know, you, you, you don't want to lose tomorrow's game today, as John Smoltz pointed out a couple of games ago. And that's what happens when you're going to, you know, use all of your pitchers. You're going to have your bullpen spent and I think that was really important last night is how many pitchers could you get through uh, nine innings with per either side there? If you combine the first three innings last night with the final three innings of game two, the Braves allowed 22 runs over a six-inning span. They allowed a total of six runs in their other 70 innings in the postseason. So it was a big offensive production by the Dodgers. It doesn't mean it carries over. You think it does? It doesn't. Time-tested, especially in baseball. Man, we dominated them. And then you get shut out. You get shut down. Then it's a 2-1-3-2-4-3 game. Saw it with the ALCS, with the Yankees and the Red Sox. Saw it 1960 with the Pirates and the Yankees. You win big, and then they win by one run. You win big, they win by one run. All you got to do is win. Doesn't matter. There's, you, don't, you don't get style points. Hey, we won 15 to three. You only get one win. They don't give you one and a half. Yeah, Paul. Smoltz mentioned this last night. The Braves pitchers threw 234 pitches last night. Dodgers 170. He said that doesn't seem like a stat he would normally mention. But again, with no days off, it's all pitching management this week. Nick Saban is going to sit this one out. We don't know where he's going to be. We just had David Pollock on. David played at uh, Georgia. He was an All-American there. He now works for the mothership with uh, College Game Day. He said that he guarantees Nick Saban somehow is attached to the sidelines, even though you're not allowed to be. I don't think there's anything in the bylaws, the rules that say you can't text during a game. I don't know if Saban knows how to text. He just got an email address. He's going to be faxing in play adjustments. <laughs> His wife is going to be texting. Uh, can you tell him that uh, we should probably blitz on third down? Uh, here is Coach Saban on uh, – he's still getting ready for the Georgia game on Saturday. So we're still still doing everything possible to get ready for the Georgia game. Uh, I'll have normal meetings tomorrow. Everything will be on Zoom. Uh, we'll continue to do this. You know, Sark's kind of filling in in my absence uh, for anything that needs coordinated in the office. But we're going to do everything we can to help our team. Saban has 24 career wins against the top five teams in the country, most by any coach all time. And the last time Saban wasn't on the sidelines for an Alabama game, 2006 Independence Bowl, the Tide had an interim head coach that game after Mike Shula was fired following a loss to Auburn. So Saban wasn't even there, but that's the last time Saban wasn't on the sidelines for an Alabama game. Uh, Brian in South Carolina joins us. Hey, Brian, what's on your mind today? Hey, let me go ahead and ask you a couple of questions. But first of all, it's first time, long time. Getting in touch with you is like getting in touch with a prom date from 10 years ago, whenever you finally get attractive. Uh, six foot, 165, full of tasty freeze. I actually went to Old Miss. And uh, what I was going to ask you is I took the point spread over, uh, the over on Old Miss versus Alabama last week. And totally crushed it because who would have thought that was going to happen? But now that Nick Saban has coronavirus, do I? No, there's no advice here. No, 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 no. Thank you, Brian. I'm not giving out any gambling advice. All I, I will say that the uh, point spread went from six, uh, Alabama favored by six to minus four or four and a half. 
for entertainment purposes only. Sounds like a bargain. No, I, I, no, I don't. I, good luck. But I think, no. Yes, McClellan. I don't understand how serious betters keep track of everything this year. because It feels like it's a harder to handicap than ever. Not that you are into that, but like. I always thought that in some, you know, times like this, trying to get your defense ready to go was going to be hard to do. And therefore, the over-under would be the bet to go. It just feels like there's so much, there's so many more points being scored right now. It's hard enough for defenses, and then they can't get on the field. Offenses, it feels like, you know, everybody, every college team has their system there. And it feels like even Missouri is putting up big numbers there against LSU. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma. Like, it just feels like each week that these these teams, these programs, are putting up big numbers there. But, you know, Vegas will uh, adjust, and then the over-under goes up even higher. Uh, Danny in Pennsylvania. Hey, Danny, welcome to the program. Good morning, Dan. Long-time listener, first-time caller, six foot 185. You were talking about college atmospheres for football. I don't... I haven't been to many SEC games or anything down south, but a Penn State whiteout in Beaver Stadium, I have a hard time that's going to be taught. Yep. I uh, went to a Penn State game, and just the number of uh, RVs that were there, like this this field that went on and on and on, full of RVs. And it was a beautiful sunny day. It, was, it may have been a noon or a 1 o'clock kickoff, and it was just a great atmosphere. And the whole whiteout there was uh, pretty spectacular. Although it looks in, even more impressive at night at Penn State. Uh, I have not been to the big house, but I'd love to go up there for an Ohio State game. Um, yeah, Paul. C and I went there a couple years ago. Uh, I think it was Notre Dame, Michigan. I, it doesn't show it from outside that Michigan Stadium is like recessed into the ground, if that's the right word. Because from outside, it looks kind of shallow. The, the the columns don't come up that far. It's not grand from the outside. But then you walk in and it goes down into the ground. And it's it's a surreal experience because it's it's like a mind trick when you're walking in. Notre Dame always looked bigger on TV, and this is before the reconstruction. And uh, you know, you go in and all of a sudden you go, "Wow, this isn't as big as I thought." And there's no jumbotron there, but you you go and, and the atmosphere is great. On campus is great. If you get that opportunity, you know, probably not during these times, but you're able to walk on campus at this time of the year. It was spectacular. And then uh, the USC game against Notre Dame was played at night. And, you know, like the atmosphere was wonderful. There's so many of these places around the country. I mean, we don't need testimonials from people, but these are just places that we've been to and they certainly stand out. I saw, uh, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but I stumbled upon this. The New York Knicks have been linked to just about every veteran player here in the offseason. Victor Oladipo, Chris Paul, and now you can add another name to the list, Russell Westbrook Jr. III. According to uh, Sports New York's Ian Begley, NBA agents believe that the Knicks would poke around, end quote, on a possible Westbrook trade should the Rockets make him available. Oh, the Knicks. Leave it to the Knicks to go after Westbrook after all of his great years here. Chris Paul at the tail end of his career, and he's getting $42 million. Victor Oladipo, who has battled injuries. That's when the Knicks decide that they finally found their guy. You know what? Just try to gather a couple of good draft picks here. R.J. Barrett seems like he's going to be a player who's playing for at least a decade here. I don't know if Knox can play. I, I mean, they just don't have any there there when you watch the Knicks. It, they need to get some help, get the right draft pick, and then maybe you stumble upon a uh, Trey Young or Luka Doncic or just, you know, where you take a chance on somebody and maybe you get somebody. That That is something yeah, I know. But I, I don't want – like, if I'm adding Chris Paul – I'm the Milwaukee Bucks because that might be the one player who puts us over the top. Russell Westbrook for the Knicks? Chris Paul for the Knicks? Victor Oladipo? But this is why the Knicks are the Knicks. I mean, Westbrook is is 32, and you probably say, well, that's still young. 
But the Knicks need younger players to build around to then bring in a player like Chris Paul or Victor Oladipo or Russell Westbrook. I, I, I don't want to give up draft picks. And then they just keep, you know, committing the same sins over and over and over. By the way, nobody wants the number one pick in the draft this year. Nobody wants the number two pick. In the, like they're, they're trying to shy away from the draft as much as possible. But Minnesota's trying to trade it. Golden State is trying to trade it. Or if you're going to get somebody, you know, or you get somebody who's going to help you right away, this is not a great draft. And that's why LaMelo Ball might be the number one player. And, and he does have talent, but am I going to bring him into Minnesota with D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns? Would he fit in at Golden State? He's not a great shooter. It just feels like if you got a high draft pick, this is a bad year to have a number one in the uh, first five picks. Yeah, McLeod. Wait, he's not a great shooter? LaMelo? Yeah, I thought that was his thing. No, he's an unbelievable uh, passer. I feel like I've heard this story somewhere before. Not LeVar. LaMelo, it came over half court. He'll take the deep one. No, no, he'll take it. There's, I, yeah, does it not go in like I, it should? <laughs> I, I told you guys when I watched that, he was a freshman playing in state playoff game. I've never seen worse decisions on somebody who should be making great decisions. <laughs> I, just, I would just say, like, he wanted to make it even tougher. And, you know, he does have a lot of talent. And I thought watching him as a freshman, I thought he has the potential to be better than, than his brother. Uh, but he just did not make wise decisions on the basketball floor. It just was like, there's no discipline out there. But he does have a lot of talent. And I think playing overseas, playing against grown men and coming into the NBA, he's got a chance to be, uh, you know, a, a really good player. But he's, he's, not a, he's not one of those knockdown shooters. Yeah, McClub. By the way, I have a list of some uh, point guards who came to the Knicks at the end of their career. Do you remember Jason Kidd was there for two years? I don't remember that at all. Marbury kind of on the tail end. Iverson came into camp. Uh, they had a lot of point guards who've done tours there at the very end. Derek Rose was there. Hardaway. Steve Francis. Steve Francis. Iverson went into camp there. Oh, man. Is that would that be Russell Westbrook? Is it is it nearing the end enough, or can he? Um, he. But I don't know what your system is for Russell Westbrook. I think that's the important part of this. Now, where? How do you use him? Because if you say, "Hey, you're the offense," um, then you know you're going to get great numbers out of him, and people might be interested to go watch him play. I just don't know if he's going to make your team better. Are you building around a 32 year old guard who's not a great shooter? I, I don't know, but this, these mistakes keep happening and it's, you know, the, they change coaches, change players, GMs, but you still have the same owner in there. And I think until you get him out of there, you're going to continue to make these mistakes no matter who's in there as your coaches. Yeah, Paul. It, it's weird, though, that it seems like they get there so close. Like Porzingis seemed like the right pick. It seemed like he was going to work out. Remember, they didn't go yeah. with D'Angelo Russell. And then as soon as he gets to where he's a good player, they, they let him go. And also, the, the brand of the Knicks is so bad. Well, Porzingis wanted out of there. And he was the right pick. I mean, they found their Doncic. Like, like, wait a minute, this guy can really play where a couple of teams passed on him. I just think that he, Porzingis thought, I don't want to play here. Even Like, we think, if you're over the age of 45 or 50, you go, man, you want to play in Madison Square Garden? These guys don't. They couldn't care less. Oh, you want to play in the Mecca? No. I'd rather play in Brooklyn. They don't want to play in Madison Square Garden. Uh, this in from uh, Jeremy Fowler of the Mothership. Le'Veon Bell currently plans to sign with one of three teams per source. You guys want to... You know what? I'm going to tease this. Because I want to check on one of the teams that's not in here. I'm going to check with a source on one of these teams because I'm surprised that this team is not in there. Let me take a break here. More uh, phone calls coming up, I think, in an hour from now. We'll talk to Derek Henry, the uh, Titans running back. I saw his Instagram picture, and it's the uh, stiff arm on Josh Norman there. That's one you probably keep up for a little while. You know, when you pick up your phone and you have the picture on there, it might be of your wife or your kids or your pet. If I'm Derek Henry... I would just say to people, hey, could you go get my phone there for a minute? 
And then as soon as they pick it up and you see that stiff arm with Josh Norman. So he'll join us coming up uh, in about an hour from now. We'll take a break. Where is Le'Veon Bell going to end up? We'll tell you the possibilities right after this Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This award-nominated program brought to you by Mercedes-AMG. Do you suffer from lead foot? Do goosebumps appear for no reason? Stop living with uninspired performance? Visit MBUSA.com slash AMG and find out if a Mercedes-AMG coupe, sedan, or SUV is right for you. Mercedes-AMG, driving performance. Jeremy Fowler, the mothership, tweets out, Le'Veon Bell currently plans to sign with one of three teams, per source. Dolphins, Chiefs, Bills. Bell will decide among these teams as early as today. Steelers reunion unlikely at this point. I thought the Bears or the Steelers, and the reason why I waited through the commercial break, I checked with my source on the Steelers and thought that that was a distinct possibility. They do have two really good running backs, and I thought Tampa was going to be in the mix because now you have a legitimate running back who is a very good wide receiver. And look, if you spot him up with Jones and Leonard Fournette, and maybe that's too many running backs, but I don't know. New England never has too many running backs. And if I got that wide receiver, and ex, you know, a running back who's experienced, 
And I got him in there. If I'm Tom Brady, that would be a guy that I would really want. The Chiefs, you know, maybe, you know, they're trying to uh, give Edwards Hilaire a little breathing room, or maybe there's insurance on using him. Bills have a couple of running backs. Dolphins is interesting. If you're Le'Veon Bell, do you just say, let me go to the Chiefs? Like, doesn't that make the most sense? You're not, you're not a starter, but you're going to be playing some pretty good minutes there, and you're going to be there with Patrick Mahomes. Buffalo Bills, I would want to go to a team that's winning. I don't want to go to a you know, situation that's anywhere near with the Jets. Well, what is as close to what the Jets have? You know, uh, Andrew Gase, he is the uh, head coach of the Jets. He won't answer why Le'Veon Bell didn't work in New York. Do you agree with the perception that you misused him? It's irrelevant at this point. You know, Adam, when a team makes a, a free agent investment that large and it ends before two seasons, I think the fans are interested in knowing why it didn't work out with a player of that stature. Yeah, it didn't work out. It didn't work out, and we're going to focus on this game right now. Adam Gase didn't want Le'Veon Bell. I don't think he made that a secret. And uh, he didn't use him. It's almost like he didn't want him to succeed. Because what do you have on that roster? What do you have on that offensive side of the ball? Very little. And if you have Sam Darnold, and they may not have Sam Darnold. I wonder if Sam Darnold gets traded. I don't think his future is with New York. And I do think that Sam Darnold is probably going to follow that path just like Ryan Tannehill. He might have to go to a team and be a backup and eventually earn a starting role again. Because we still don't know with Sam Darnold. Because they've never had anything around him where you can go, I truly know what kind of quarterback that is. We know from college, but not in the NFL. We've seen glimpses, but that's not enough right now. If you're going to invest in your quarterback, and he's going to cost you. It's not like you get Sam Darnold on the cheap. Once you sign these guys to that next contract, it's next guy up. Now, nobody's getting Mahomes money, but... Are you getting $36, $37 million a year? Because that's the going rate? That's what I don't understand with these GMs. If I'm going to sign, let's say, Sam Darnold to an extension with New York, he doesn't get what the other quarterbacks get. Like, this is what the offer is. We'll give you five years and we're going to give you, you know, $27 million a year. I shouldn't be paying him $37 million. Not that anybody's going to, but that's what happens. Next guy up, next guy up, next guy up. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, Paul. As far as the money with Le'Veon Bell, he's owed $6 million by the Jets. Let's say he signs a $1 million contract to play the rest of the year for the Chiefs. That's taken off what the Jets owe him. So the max money basically he could make this year is $6 million. If you're Bell and his agent, you go to a team that is going to appear in the playoffs so you can get a couple of playoff checks. Because yeah. that's the only way. Otherwise, you just sit the season out and watch because you're not making any money by playing. And the Chiefs, you get three playoff checks. You just see these teams and they make the same mistakes over and over and over and over. The Knicks do it. The Jets do it. I don't expect the Giants to do it because they have a great track record. But they've been as bad, if not worse, than any team over the last three years. And there's no signs that they're going to be much better the rest of this season. I don't, could the Jets go 0-16? It's really hard to go 0-16. Could they go 0-16 here? And I'd say yes. <laughs> and, and it might be a good thing if they went 0-16. Because then at least you're going to have a new coach. You're going to have Trevor Lawrence. And now you start to build around. You know, you, you went up uh, high to get an offensive tackle. But I know they have the Dolphins twice. They got the Dolphins twice, but that's the only really winnable games. They got, you know, the Chargers, Vegas, Seattle, Rams, Cleveland, New England. Those are all games where they'll definitely not be favored. Obviously. Yeah, yes, Tom. Imagine what Madison Avenue can do with that pretty boy blonde if he somehow uh, ended up with the New York Jets next year. Well, it would help if they won because it doesn't matter what you look like if you're not any good. Yeah, McLovin. Isn't their quarterback play a little too good to go 0-16, the Flacco-Darnold combination? Can't you see those guys getting hot for a quarter? And, hot? I don't know. Darnold, yes. Who would, like they, they, they don't have skill position guys. They kind of did it last year. They went on a little I random know. run with no skill position guys either. Over, under, two and a half wins. Who's going over with the New York Jets? Anybody? Anybody? 
Anybody. One and a half wins. Who's going over? <laughs> Paulie? Yeah. Yeah. Todd? Yeah, I could see them winning two games. Two games. Yeah, what well, it is it's hard to go 0 and 16. Like the how many times do you see a team and you go, how did they win that game? We've already seen that this year. Yes, Eden. Looking at the rest of their schedule, the Jets, they have uh Bills, Chiefs. That's a loss. Loss, loss. Uh Patriots. Loss, loss. Chargers. Well, is that in LA? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh Dolphins, Raiders. Mm. Seahawks, Rams. Wow. Browns, Patriots. Wow. <laughs> Over under a half a win. <laughs> Oh, man. That's tough. Yeah, McLove. Yeah, but this year you don't know who's going to be good when. Like, I have no idea how good any of those. Vegas and New York in November come across country. That seems like a random game. Yeah, and, and, you know, people forget who you've played. I know that you can only play who's on your schedule, but are the Steelers really good? Are they good? I, I think what the teams they played have three wins combined that they've defeated. So I don't know how good the Steelers are. I think they have the potential to be great. Uh, if Ben is healthy, they always find, well, you know, Chase Claypool, they, they always find a wide receiver. you got a couple of running backs there. That defense is very good. you got an experienced head coach. You're in a tougher division. you got the Browns coming up this weekend. Yeah, Paul. Your 2008 uh, Detroit Lions that went 0-16, yeah. they only came within three points of winning once the entire season. <laughs> They lost uh, 12-10 in that burner versus Minnesota on October 12th. And I hate to bring this up, but you Wait, know... Wait, the 12-10 was the Orlovsky safety. Yeah, we forgot to bring this up yesterday to pile on Dan Orlovsky. He started uh, seven games of quarterback for your, your mm. point Lions. Mm. Then you had the, the Kitna era, 0-4, and, and the Dante Culpepper era, that same season of 0-5, which I don't remember any of this. Lubomir from the Ukraine joins us again on the program. Dan Patrick, good morning. Good morning, Lubomir. I have, I have two things. Uh, you were comparing baseball managers to other coaches. How important are they on the field? I think White Sox firing Rick Renteria kind of shows that importance because Rick Renteria was good for managing little children. He is not good for winning ball clubs. Like when they clinch... In two weeks left season, they win like three games because he's too much of a cheerleader. You need more method. Okay. And uh, uh, number two, I'm uh, an Uber driver, and one thing that prevents me from perfect rating is your your show because I try so hard listening to your show all the time. People get in the car, and they say, oh, you know, they want to talk. I'm like, okay, good morning. Okay, you know, but awesome show, good times. Thank you. All right, thank you, Lubomir. Wait, am I hurting him getting a great rating because they get in the car and they want to listen to music, not me? I'm not sure what Lubomir was uh, talking about. Is he in the Ukraine now? As we no, 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 no. He's in upstate New York, but oh. he relocated from the Ukraine, and he, he listens to the show. We crush it in ratings in the Ukraine. We did. Well, you used to. Yeah, we used to. Lost that affiliate. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Dutch. Or he's listening so intently, he's just ignoring all the calls to pick people up, and he's just like hanging out. He pulls over to the side of the road, and he's losing business because he'd rather just listen to the show than actually get people. And, and that, I, you know, that was the other part of that. I thought maybe he's just not doing business because he's listening to the show. But that's uh, Lubomir. Seton, are you skeptical about Lubomir from the Ukraine? Not in, not in the slightest. Okay. Because <laughs> yesterday we weren't quite sure. If Lubomir was really Lubomir. Did we think it was Sasha Baron Cohen? Or Sour Shoes from the Howard Stern Show? But Lubomir, you're welcome to call whenever you want to. Yes, McLovin. If it was one of those guys, wouldn't they stay on longer to, to try it and... I don't know. Yeah, there, there's usually where you get on and then all of a sudden they're going to drop something in there. If... If Lubomir is indeed a prank caller and he's going on this long play yeah. here of calling in twice <laughs> before he gets us, and then on the third time he's like, "Bye, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. That's incredibly well done. And I'm okay with that. 
if Lubomir says, ah, gotcha, I got a southern accent, I'm not from the Ukraine. <laughs> I spent the last uh, eight days calling you, not working, just to pull off this prank. Yeah, Paul. Lubomir is a Slavic name, meaning uh, love and peace. Lube is love. No, no joke there. And Mir is peace. <laughs> Lubomir. It sounds like it could be like some type of product that it they does. sell in the Ukraine at those stores. Yeah. Fritzy likes. Yeah. Uh, do you have any Lubomir, please? My wife and I have an issue. There's, uh, there's an aisle down here. Oh, you got to go down that aisle over there. Lubomir. Uh, I was, uh, McLevin asked me this question. If I took away Russell Wilson Jr. the third and Aaron Rodgers, the dark horse MVP, dark horse, dark horse MVP, not dark horse. Uh, Horst Muleman was a, a former kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> nice. McLevin put Derek Carr on there. Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Donald, DeAndre Hopkins, Alvin Kamara, and Josh Allen. Any other dark horse candidates? Is Brady a dark horse candidate? Oh, my God. I forgot about him. But is he a dark horse candidate? Yeah, I don't think he's in top three of odds, is it? No. Um, out of that group, I guess Josh Allen. You're not worried about uh, Tuesday? Yes. Yes. Josh Allen is one of the more fascinating quarterbacks in the game because he can do something that very few, if, if anybody, can do. And then he'll do things where you go, that was very ordinary. Yeah, Paul. What if Aaron Donald gets 22, 23 sacks? Why couldn't he be NFL MVP? Well, I want to know how good his team is. Let's say the Rams make the playoffs and Aaron Donald has 23 sacks. Depends on what the other yeah. quarterbacks do. Yeah, McLovin. Because Aaron Rodgers right now is playing perfect football, and that would be a great story. If Aaron Rodgers continues at this pace, then he would probably be your MVP. Because this will come down to maybe who has a better record if Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. If those are the two that are vying for this, it might be who has the better team record. Yeah, McLovin. But do you remember when Adrian Peterson broke the 2,000-yard yeah. mark and snuck in as MVP? Maybe, like, Aaron Donald breaks the all-time record? I don't know. I mean, it's going to be hard. The quarterbacks are so good. What's the most sacks Aaron Donald has had in a season? I think he had 20 and a half and led the oh. league. And his, uh, I had messed that up, by the way, the other day. He's the only interior lineman to lead the league in sacks in recent years. Yeah. Yeah, Paul. Alvin Kamara have a shot? Kind of carrying well, the team. Well, you're trying. You're trying to get him in there. I, I'm actually not. I'm, I think no, no, you're I'm camping. The, oh, McLovin is camping. Yeah, Paul, mainly because he's a Camara hater. But uh, Camara is not a Camara hater. He's an unbelievable receiver. You're not a Camara believer. No, I li I like Alvin Camara. I would never pay anybody for with a second contract. Oh yeah, I I wouldn't either. I love having him on my team. He's a he's a good pass catching running back. Very good. Yes. Oh. I, See, even that, uh, that was <laughs> clearly the best pass catcher. Right? But, but Lovin, you're the biggest hypocrite. You say receptions by running backs mean nothing. That's a direct quote. They don't. The little screen pass means nothing. But he'll run out. Did you see he had a 40 yard catch to win the game the other day? He's unbelievable out there. He's him and McCaffrey are great receivers, not just any receivers. All I know is if I can get a guy like that out in the open, and I throw him a you know a four yard pass, he has a chance to make it a 40 yard completion. Isn't that why so there's value in that. Isn't that why Le'Veon Bell was so good with the Steelers, yeah. too? He was a great wide receiver at running back. But he was also a great running back. He, he sort of reinvented, he, he invented a new style to run where you, you sort of glide, you know, east to west, and then you pick your spot, and then you head north. And, and having that patience there, that, that was something that was, you know, kind of unique. Yeah, McLovin. Do you think uh, running backs ever come into draft again? Like teams are ever going to be like, if there's a guy who's a great pass catcher, uh, do you think they'll go top 10 again? I know Travis Etienne at Clemson is getting a lot of attention, but. Yeah, but I don't see these guys. Well, just from what I've observed here in the last five to seven years, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is a wonderful player, but are you going to win with Christian McCaffrey? Can I build, you, you know, Derrick Henry in a, in a different era, would be one of the biggest stars in the game. Because we featured running backs, not quarterbacks. And if Derrick Henry played in the 70s and 80s, 
like he would be the guy that we would be talking about. Now we talk about quarterbacks because, you know, it's wide open and we've created these rules or lack thereof and not calling holding penalties and wide receiver gets to do what he wants. You know, you got really talented players coming in to play the position. They're ready to go right away. But it used to be the running back. And Derrick Henry was a old school running back. I also looked at what they were saying about Derrick Henry when he was coming into the NFL. In fact, we'll take a break. He's going to join us next hour. But just how we look at what you don't do, and that keeps teams from drafting somebody instead of saying what you can do. And Derrick Henry is a classic example of that. We're back after this. More phone calls as well here on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow, Dodgers, Braves later today, Astros, Rays coming up tonight. No NFL game because the Bills game against the Titans was played on Tuesday. Had it been played on Monday, then there would have been the quick turnaround against the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night. A couple of phone calls. Uh, Randy in South Carolina. Hey, Randy, what's on your mind? Hey, DP, how's it going? Good, sir. What's on your mind? Hey, I was t- wanted to call in about these uh, Dark Horse MVP candidates. I think the one that you've definitely forgotten has probably been Miles Garrett. He's been putting in a game-changing play every week, and if he has a 
a game this Sunday against the Steelers where you know he can manage to not throw his helmet at somebody, I think he's got to be definitely in the top of that list. Yeah, I he just doesn't have the stats. I think he's obviously an impressive player. Thank you, Randy. But you got to have numbers. You got to make it easy for the voters where they can understand it because they're not able to watch all these games. You know, the local writer reporter would be able to watch this. But if you're a voter and you're voting on all of the NFL and covering the NFL, how many full games are you seeing with Miles Garrett? That's where when somebody says, hey, he's got uh, you know, four fumble recoveries. He's got 19 sacks. He's got uh, X number of hurries. And he had this many tackles behind the line of scrimmage. That's what you need. That's where you help. Because Aaron Donald, to me, is the best defensive player in the game. It doesn't always show it because he might not have numbers, but because he demands a double team, somebody else is going to benefit as the result of that. I mentioned Derek Henry, his uh, scouting report. There were a lot of doubts by professional teams. He was the 45th pick overall. He was the second running back off the board. Ezekiel Elliott went number four to the Cowboys. Now, I don't know if the scouts were totally wrong about Derek Henry. I just don't know if they thought that his game would fit into today's football game. But here's some of the weaknesses that were pointed out about Derrick Henry. Very tall. Runs high. Stiff runner. Lacks ability to cut. Small hands. On the heavy side should drop some weight. I don't know if he has changed any of that. He's still very tall. He runs high. He's a stiff runner. He still has small hands, I believe. And he's probably 240 pounds. It works because the Titans made it work. I think that's the key. When you run downhill, as they like to say in the business, and you feature your running back and your quarterback complements your running back. You know, that, as opposed to the other way around. It works because this is what Tennessee likes to do. They're going to play defense, run the football. Ryan Tannehill is not going to be throwing 35 times a game. And, and what happens is not everybody can be Golden State in the NBA. So you have to change your style. Now, a lot of teams go, hey, let's go the Golden State style. It doesn't work for every team. It doesn't work for any other team to be like that. The same with the NFL. Hey, we want to be like Kansas City. Okay, well, good luck with that. Is your quarterback as talented as Patrick Mahomes? Is your tight end that good? Uh, you have Tyreek Hill, uh, Edwards Hilaire coming out of the backfield, running the ball, Andy Reid calling plays. I mean, you can't, you want it, but you can't have it. And that's where you have to look at what your personnel is. And you have to be able to adapt and say, this is who we are and stay with that. And it's hard to stay with a run first attack because when you get behind, it's like Baltimore. You know, Baltimore, when they're front runners, they're great. Because they get out, and all of a sudden, they just continue to run. But if they get down by 10 or two touchdowns, then all of a sudden, that's when you start to see some of the holes in that offense there. Who are you on offense? Cleveland Browns have been trying to figure that out. And I say they're a running game, running team, and then I use Jarvis Landry. Then I use uh, OBJ. Because then I have an opportunity. I take away the pressure of Baker Mayfield being a 35-attempt guy. I would love him to be in the 20s, and I would use my running backs, and I, I got a good offensive line, and that would be my approach here. You got to understand personnel there, and you don't have to be ex explosive, exciting. You just have to know what you do well. You know, the Cowboys, when Troy Aikman was their quarterback, Troy didn't throw a lot. They ran, and when they needed to throw, they had weapons. They had a very good offensive line. And they rode that to three Super Bowls. Aaron Rodgers trying to figure out his personnel right now. And you're seeing that he has bought into what they're trying to do. And that is run the football. And then pass. And Rodgers has been perfect so far. And now you've got a showdown with Tom Brady and uh, the Buccaneers coming up this weekend. Uh, Nason in Alaska joining us. Did I get that right, Nason? Yeah, you got it right this time. How's it going, Denny? Good, good. How are we doing in Juneau, Alaska? Well, I'm actually I'm actually in Fairbanks, but I'm like a little late. I wanted to give you guys the welcoming to Alaska. Well, thank you. Yeah, for sure. I, I usually listen to the show at night, like while I'm at work. But today, I uh, I had an all nighter, so I I do the show on at five a.m. 
All right. Well, thank you, Nason. Thank you for welcoming us to Alaska and uh, calling from Fairbanks. Oh, boy. We got another golf match. You know, we had the match with, with Peyton and Tom Brady and Tiger and Phil Mickelson. I got two of the four are in it this time around. I think this match that's coming up, I don't know what the date is on this, but the match showdown is going to be even better than with uh, Tiger, Phil, Tom, and uh, Peyton Manning. I'll have that for you coming up. Also, some uh, more phone calls. And Derrick Henry, the uh, Titans running back, will join us as well. Tonight, Dodgers, Braves, Astros, Rays, and once again, no NFL game coming up tonight. Phone calls are welcome. We'll get to more of those coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Say good morning to our radio and TV partners as well. Seton Paulie, Fritzie McLovin, yours truly, here on the Dan Patrick Show. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.